It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton with you, the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. We uh, took four teams with us to the uh, state finals, or I guess we followed four teams to the state finals. Three made it to the championship game, and one, the Richmond girls softball team, won a state title for the second time in school history. But before we get rolling, Brady, just real quick, your thoughts on your first experience at a state finals. It was really cool. It was nice that we had four different teams to cover. It was a long weekend. I got back Saturday, and I was like, oh, my gosh, because what? We left at 7.30 on Saturday and didn't get home till after 10. Yep. So it was a, it was a long day, but it was worth it. Um, yeah, it, because the owner's cheap, we didn't get a hotel room <laughs> and stay in, uh, in East Lansing. So we actually drove over Thursday, came back, drove over Friday, came back, drove over Saturday and came back. And, yes, it was cheaper in gas than it would have been to get rooms. But it was, um, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was cool. It was, it was a nice atmosphere. And it was just a nice crescendo, I guess, to our first season. I think the baseball stadium at Michigan State is one of the weirdest stadiums I've ever seen. Yeah, why I do love you ha- the softball complex. Why do you have a hill in right field? That's just it, that stretches like from right field all the way to like center field. What was it like Taysom's Hill or something, whatever the hell? Or how that's the football player. What was the hill called at Houston? That was like just in dead center field. Yeah, and they actually took that out, and that was a copy of uh, I think it was. Forbes Field or something like Tals that. Tals Hill. Shibes Park or something had that in Cincinnati. Yeah, Tals Hill. And that was just like a little spot. That was just like dead center field. This was from dead center field to the right field foul pole. That's asking for a broken ankle. And then like the right field wall was higher and it was like this meshy thing. And yeah. It was just a weird looking field. Yeah. It was big. It was huge, but. Yeah, softball field was very nice, although they didn't plan accordingly for Owasso bringing the entire town. Seriously. No, yeah, there wasn't much seating. And you had to get there. Dennis, we were there, what, a half hour before first pitch, and seats were already filled. Yeah. But they seated for what they're used to getting for the Michigan State softball team. Yeah, but, again, Owasso did it for the semifinal game. You think you'd go, oh, crap. There's not. We're gonna have to figure something out for Saturday. I just think there's so much going on, and then we had weather issues too uh, a couple of times during the weekend that you just get caught up in that. And yeah, but that was a bad experience. Do you do you want to complain on your mom's behalf? Eh, No, my parents tried to go, but they and they got there early and they couldn't get in. So, but they were angry because they were sold a ticket for a seat that didn't exist. Yeah. And there were other people, I'm sure. I know there were people that were standing there that were five deep, and they're like, well, I couldn't see the pitch, but if it got hit, I knew what happened. <laughs> you could hear people yeah. yell, yeah, if you're outside the stadium, you could certainly and hear where the, the action The other thing place. that they were annoyed about, and it's fair, is they still didn't let people go into the outfield, like beyond like third or first base. And it's like, okay, you can't have it, you cake and eat it too. You can't fill up the stadium to make extra money, but then not let people go where they can see the game. Yeah. I guess. But uh, anyways, we'll talk about the games that we saw on uh, Friday and uh, Saturday when we come back. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. 
because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 Two five zero seventy five twenty. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, <laughs> slip, <laughs> squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows. With low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes, they can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Oh. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Michaels, your dealer for the people. Dennis, what are you doing? I'm trying to do a commercial for Michaels Car Center, but there's so much they do. Like what? Well, they do sales, service, and rentals. They have a body shop. They buy used vehicles. They'll beat or match any deal. Plus, there's guaranteed credit approval. Wow, I knew Michaels Car Center has been the area's hometown dealer for 35 years, but with all that, Michaels really is your dealer for the people. Michaels Car Center, 4371 24th Avenue, Fort Open 8 to 6 weekdays, 9 to 3 on Saturdays. Michaels, your dealer for the people. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. 
DuraClean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call DuraClean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. DuraClean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, Dennis Ducky, Brady Beaton, Tri County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. And it's already been an interesting morning for us. There's been a mystery liquid that somehow found its way onto Brady's hand, and we can't figure out where it came from. Yeah, it's like ink, but it's not. Yeah, and it only appeared between my pinky and ring finger. Weird. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. I have there, no idea. Keep your keep your nasty inky stuff over there. Anyway, you got to call another Richmond State Championship, the second time in six five years, five, yeah, five seasons, years. Five six seasons. years. Because technically 2016 last year. and 2001. And I was there in 2017 too, when they were a strike away from another one, and that was a heartbreaker. No heartbreak this time. Uh, First, they took care of business on Friday night in the uh, semifinals. They were taking on uh, Clinton, and uh, the girl that we said, uh, or the girls that we said needed to be a factor this weekend for Richmond Mm -hmm. were an immediate factor. Shavan Scooter got them one, two, three in the first, and then came up, and for the third time in the postseason – let off a, a Richmond game with a home run. And it was, there was nothing cheap about it. She strafed one to left center field by the scoreboard way back into the forest that's back there. Mm-hmm. It was a shot, and it was loud, and it stunned everybody on the Clinton So that side. was, what, the third game she, you said she let off yeah. with a home run? and her st- Did it in, what, the district final, the regional the final? Um and that was her fifth straight game with a home run? And that was her fifth straight it, game with a home run. If it run. wasn't for a blowout against New Haven that she had like two at-bats and she would have had a home run in every single postseason game. Well, I think she had point. a ground rule double in the New Haven game. She might have. I don't remember exactly. Then uh, one batter later, Piper Clark bombed one down the left field line. The only question was would it stay fair, and it did stay fair by about five to ten feet. Uh, and it was well over the left field fence down in the corner. And three batters into the first inning, it's 2 nothing Richmond on two loud home runs. Because, you know, the ball makes that certain sound mm-hmm. off the bat. Two loud home runs. Uh, and, and Clinton never recovered. They never recovered. Their pitcher, um, Sidney uh, Schuler, was in trouble almost every inning. In, in the second, two on with one out, and she wiggled out of the jam. In the third, she got the first two batters out and then an error in a single, and she had to get Amelia Black with two runners on to get out of that inning. Then in the uh, fourth inning, an error, a sacrifice uh, with two outs, a single, put runners at first and uh, third. And quite frankly, uh, Richmond should have scored to run that inning. They kind of made a base running mistake, uh, and then they got out of that jam. But then finally in the fifth, back-to-back singles, then a sacrifice, after Black popped out to the catcher, and it was a great diving catch by the catcher behind the plate, 
Uh, Michaela Revord came up and got a big two-out, two-run single to make it 4 nothing. As soon as the ball hit the grass out in center, the thought in my head is game over. Because what did that over. make the score? It made it 4 nothing, and they weren't touching Van Scooter to that point. Uh, and then uh, Lauren Ziza followed up with another hit to drive in another run and make it a 5 to nothing game. The bottom of the order, huge for Richmond in the semifinal after kind of being quiet almost all of the playoffs. Um, they hadn't done much, but Ziza went two for two and knocked in a run. Revord had the single with the two RBIs. Emma Murphy worked a walk in that game. So the bottom of the order did damage. And Van Scooter and Clark, they did what they do. They combined for five hits and knocked in uh, a couple of runs. And Van Scooter did the rest on the mound. It was not a t- typical Van Scooter game. She only struck out four, but she only allowed uh, five hits. And she didn't walk anybody. Pitch to contact. They finally got a run on her in the uh, sixth. Uh, a double by, I love this name, Liberty Fair. Hmm. Catcher, good player, too. Like the clear and obvious leader on that uh, team for Clinton. Uh, and then uh, with two outs, she was singled in by Ava Ormsby. But that was all that Clinton would do. They went out one, two, three in the uh, the seventh. And Richmond won that game rather easily, five to uh, one. And really, like I say, th- there was there was never – a doubt about what the outcome of that game was going to be after the Van Scooter at bat. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, okay, Richmond's going to win this one. They're in the finals. I wonder how good Buchanan is. Yeah. Turns out it was a uh, nail-biter the whole time through. Yeah. Uh, the Again, the pitcher for Buchanan, Sophia Lozmack, got off to a really good uh, start in the uh, game. Um, and Richmond was kind of quiet. I mean, they had a two-out single in the first. They got a one-out single in the second and didn't do anything with that. And in the bottom of the second, Haley Cara came up, left-hand hitter, first baseman, and hit a high fly ball down the right field line. And again, as soon as she hit it, your only question is, is this going to be a fair ball or is this going to be a foul ball because it's far enough to be a home run and it was barely a fair ball. It hit the pole. And uh, the poles there are about 30 feet into the air. Yeah, they're tall. And, and it hit a, about halfway up the pole. So it hit about 15 feet over the fence, off the pole. Glad the pole was there. You know what? Because every other place you play, Brady, that pole is maybe five feet tall. Mm-hmm. And the umpires would have had to make a decision, was the ball fair or foul? So in in this case, I'm glad the pole was that tall because it took away any controversy mm. on this play. Because take your it, it would have been fifty fifty, right? Whether they would have said fair ball or foul ball, and either call would have drawn ire from either side mm-hmm. because you're guessing. Yeah, you're, you're guessing. Yeah, uh, and and so this takes the guess out of it. So I'm all for foul poles being as tall as they can be. And they do make the ballpark look better. It does. It, it kind of makes it look cool. But, uh, you know, so I, I, I was thankful we had that play in a state final in a, in a facility where it's set up. So it took all the, the any doubt that there might have been 
out of it. And it stayed one nothing until the uh, the sixth. And finally, with one out in the uh, sixth, Richmond strung together um, three straight hits to tie the game. So they were uh, they finally got the bats going after struggling and, for a little bit. Cause and, and who do you think it was? Piper Clark got it going with her third hit of the game, a double up the gap. Um, it was the hardest hit ball that Richmond had hit on the night. Because that, that was the thing. They were hitting Lowe's Mac, but they weren't squaring her up. They weren't, you know, they weren't pounding the ball and hitting line drive. And that was like, okay, that ball was was crushed. They've got it figured out. Lauren Creon singled her over to third, so now it's first and third. Uh, and Amdar at the plate, and she singled home the game-tying run, put it at uh, first and second. Black was struck out for a big out, and you're thinking, well, maybe Lozmack is – going to minimize the damage and will this will be a tie game and now you're thinking in your head ooh extra innings in a state final how yeah. exciting but uh, there came Michaela Revord with another clutch hit an RBI single to break the tie make it 2 to 1 and that ended up being the game winning RBI so she had the game winning or well not the game winning hit but the big hit in the semifinal she hit a home run in the quarterfinal yeah like, she finished the playoffs. This, this is a bottom-of-the-order hitter who finished the playoffs with some uh, clutch, I mean, just clutch hits for uh, Richmond. And she's a big a reason why they won this state championship uh, as even um, Clark and Van Scooter, who were just dominant and, and did what they did. Uh, Clark came in hitting 750 through the, uh, the quarterfinals, and she went five for seven in the two games over the weekend, so she didn't do anything to hurt her average. Right. Um, and actually, uh, it's funny because Shea Van Scooter only hit 500 this weekend, and, and that actually lowered her batting average. In the postseason. Um, imagine that. Yeah. You, you hit 500 in two games, and it hurts your batting average. Those are good, good players. Uh, and this was a nice win. Howard Stewart now has 1,072 wins and two state championships that's very impressive and this was the sixth time he'd gotten there with a richmond team and, and they had struggled the first uh what i think they, they lost um they were lost the, first the 80s three, right. they lost two in the the 90s and then yeah they had uh, split those two in uh, 16 and 17 and to to come back and, and get the uh the win um, was really impressive. Really good uh, ball game, uh, too. Uh, again, the two finals games I saw, and we'll talk about Marysville next, but that's the way finals games are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to tell you what, they weren't all like that. Um, the girl from South Lyon was unhittable and mowed down Allen Park 5 to nothing, and Allen Park scored early, and you knew they were going to or South Lions scored early, and you knew they were not going to lose mm-hmm. because of their pitcher. And in the other game, USA out-hit Rudyard 20-1 to yeah, and beat them 14-1 to yeah, in a state finals uh, uh, game. So the two games that I saw, they were both up for grab. They were both nail biters. You didn't know who was going to win until the last out was made. That's the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So Richmond gets the uh, the victory. They complete uh, a wonderful season, thirty uh, one wins, uh, thirty one and five was their final record. I don't know how many Richmond games in total 
We saw, I know we saw them during the St. Clair so tournament. Three. Saw them in districts. Um, two, two, did so you do, seven. Well, yeah, we did you them went to the, the regional at, at Millington. Did, yeah, we did them all the way through the playoffs. Yeah. So we saw them about 10, 12 times this year total mm-hmm. with, uh, with, with everything. Um, I guess when I saw them in St. Clair in that tournament we did, I looked at them and I said, oh, they got another nice team yeah. in Richmond. They might, you know, challenge for a regional title. Yeah, didn't think. But I, I wasn't thinking this is a team that's And that's also one day of softball. Way. So it's hard. You, you try to draw an impression from incomplete information. But then once, once you saw Shave and Scooter lock in, game over. I mean, how many – you go through the run she gave up. Did she ever give up more? The, the most she ever gave up was four in the Algonac District. That was – that or the state championship was their toughest – well, Millington. And yeah. those were their toughest games. What I believe the state championship and the district championship were the only games they were trailing in because they never trailed against Millington. They never and they kind of they had the Algonac game kind of in control, and one swing changed all that. Yeah. So I mean, but then they came storming right back. Yeah, they didn't. They they weren't trailing for long. So so really fun game, and I'm sorry that the the girls from Marysville didn't win because of all the teams in the area. I I think I saw them the most this yeah. year. Did a lot of Marysville girls softball because we recognized right out of the hop that one they were going to be good two they play all rivalry games throughout their schedule do you want to take a break because i feel like we're gonna have a lot to say about marysville or do you just want to power through um let's just go uh, because because i'm kind of locked into it now all right and, and and i've got my my focus um again and and we've talked about a lot of of what marysville has um Smith really became dominant as the year wore on. Uh, the defense is solid. They've got speed. They can play small ball, and they can play long ball on you. There's power in that lineup. And one thing that I know about Marysville is they can hit a fastball. But even still, you sit there and you watch what Macy Ireland did the first two innings of that game. And, and I should preface this by saying the Owasso pitcher threw every inning this season but one, and they played 40 games. Mm-hmm. And she's going to go to Kent State yeah, to pitch in the MAC. And when she pitches, you hear her grunt. All the, I'm up in the press box in a noisy state. The whole city of Owasso is there, and half the city of Marysville is there. It's packed. People can't get into the ballpark who have bought tickets to get into the ballpark. There's so many people there. It's going nuts. It's raining. And this girl is firing darts to home plate. Hardest thrower I've seen. Yeah, she, she, had, she had two speeds. Hit the wall and break the wall. Uh, she was trying to throw it through her catcher, and she struck out four of the first six Vikings that came to the plate, and she had a 2 nothing lead going into the third inning um, when uh, Rin Tuttle doubled up the gap to score Ireland with two outs in the first inning. It was the first time in 11 games the Vikings were behind to somebody. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jamie uh, Mayer 
led off the second inning through the rain with a blast to center field that just kept carrying. Oh, she crushed it. And, and crushed it's, it. It's a 2 nothing game, and later in that same inning, the bases are loaded. And oh, you're like, yeah, geez. Yeah. oh, well, my goodness. You is, talk about fair foul. <laughs> yeah, oh, my goodness, is this like where Marysville like runs into that buzzsaw that we talk about that you see in football. A lot of times in football, go back through the historical website and you'll see teams and they're winning games 40 to nothing, 38 to nothing, 50 to nothing, 66 to nothing. And then all of a sudden there's this game where they get beat 39 nothing. And you're like, how does that happen? But there's those buzzsaws. And, and this, this was a, like a seesaw game. This, this went back and forth, and there were momentum shifts everywhere. But, yeah, with the bases and, and loaded. As you're saying that before, you, I, it felt like it was two different approaches. Owasso was jacked up to the tens 15 minutes before first pitch. Like, they, everything they did, they were doing 1,000 miles an hour. And Marysville, I thought, was very calm, cool, and collected. Like, they, they're like, yep, all right, we're here. Like, we're excited. But, like, anytime anything Owasso did something great, the fans were going insane. The players were going insane. It was, and, yeah, so they came out hot, as you would expect, with a team with that much energy. Well, the, the other thing about Marysville is when they get in trouble, do you notice this? Because this is something I've noticed. It's not Ryan Ratchy who – has to go out and settle them down. Anna Oles will walk out to the mound and the entire infield will meet and Anna Oles will do all the talking mm. and everybody else will listen and shake their heads and go, yep, yep. Or Cal- Callie Perrin will say something or Smith herself will, will do the talking. Yeah. Those kids they just know. just take turns doing it. Yeah, those kids know who the leaders are and they don't need coach to come out and hold their hands all the time. Mm. He will come out if the game really speeds up. Yeah. But they kind of handle their own situation. Yeah, key moment, Madison Rainey rips one down the right field line, and it lands near the chalk. Two inches foul. An inch, maybe. From where I was, my, the, my press box site, I was elevated behind home plate. When she hit it, I thought it, it hit the line. But I'm at an angle. Yeah. The home plate umpire is right on the line. He called it foul immediately. Yes immediately but he did it in a weak way well because he, the his arms th- kind of went up and i know that he was saying it was a foul ball but he didn't sell the call and everybody was going crazy and the kids are running around the bases and it looked like at the end of the play a three-run triple and then he called the other two umpires in and they actually talked about it for a second and then he said yeah this is a foul ball this was my call the other two guys couldn't see it, mm. and I saw it, and this is a foul ball. And, and he did because you look, and he has his hands up, and everyone's running, and Anna Oles looks around like, you just called it foul. Why is everyone running? She puts her arms out because, I like, again, I was in the booth next to you, and I looked, and I couldn't see, so I looked immediately at the home plate umpire. He had his hands up right away. So he at least made the call, and I think he was like, why is everyone still running? Did someone else call this fair? And, yeah, they figured it out, and that was a big moment because you go down 5 nothing, and that almost felt like that would have been a second-inning backbreaker. Well, for a second, they had 5 nothing up on the board. Mm-hmm. Like, even the scoreboard guy 
was fooled by everything that was happening. So they take the three runs down. They put everybody back out on the bases. And then Rainey hits a, a shot to short that Megan Winston had a problem with, but it rolled right to West Miller at second base, and she was on the bag. And he had a bang-bang play there that the manager came out in between the innings mm. to argue. And again, the umpires kind of huddled. And when we were ready to start the top of the third, they broke the huddle and said, yes, the girl was out at, at second base. Um, so it was a close moment there. But at that point, it, it was 2 nothing Owasso, and they seemed to be carrying the momentum. And that might have, like, helped Marysville there, th- those two plays. Things are finally going our way. And then Brandy Bassett, again, a bottom-of-the-order hitter that when we talk about the, the Marysville lineup, she sometimes gets overlooked. She hit really well during the postseason. She singled the right. Then you had Woodard single the other way. They still hadn't squared up. Ireland yet who has thrown smoke but they had two on with two out and they had Kirsten Smith at the plate and she finally ran into an Ireland fastball and threw a driving rain she hit a moon shot to center field that was an, an atomic bomb home run there was a mushroom cloud when that one landed it was destroyed and just like that in one swing when you're wondering is Marysville going to get a break in this game three to two Vikings Mm -hmm. and on the broadcast I just said you know Marysville is the best team I've seen this season scoring with two outs Uh, and I'll probably do that now that the season's over and I can go back and really meander through things if I go back through my book I'll bet you I'll bet you, Brady, more than 50% of the runs I've seen the Vikings score this year came with two outs. Yeah, that might be a bit of an exaggeration. No, I'm going to – now now that I take that as a challenge, and I'm going to do that tonight, no. and I'll tell you on Wednesday's show. Yes, because I guess I, these had a lot of clutch hits, but they did not score half of their I runs with two outs. I think they scored – the, of the games that I saw, I think they scored half their runs with two outs. But anyway, Kirsten Smith, yeah, a huge hit to make it three to two, and you're like, there we go, and it just – you felt like everyone from Owasa just went, oh, oh, we're losing now. Yeah. Like, it went silent. Because there was a good amount of Marysville people there, but the stands were 80% Owasso. And then Smith, you know, she was effectively wild <laughs> throughout the uh, game. She ended up walking six kids, uh, and she walked two in the third, but she struck out two hitters in the third uh, as well. And so she stopped them for the first time in the game, and it's 3-2 Marysville going into the top of the fourth. And then Callie Perrin hits a laser beam to right center, a closed line that got out of the ballpark in about two seconds from thud, you know, because sound doesn't travel, so you're, you're up top. So you hear the thud in your headsets, but the ball was already over the fence. <laughs> yeah. It was just a missile, and that makes it 4-2. to two. And then the next batter, Avery Walters, hit a rocket down the left field line for a double just inside the, the bag, and you're like, all of a sudden, Marysville is squaring up this girl who's, you know, throwing the ball like Nolan Ryan. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, I told you, Marysville can hit a fastball. It just took him a time through the order to time it up. And then uh, Brandy Bassett hit one that the third baseman kicked and another run scored. 
and all of a sudden Marysville's up 5-2 to two and they're rallying, and then Megan Winston singles, and this is again where we had a momentum switch. She singles, and Bassett gets gunned down at the plate for an out. I think, Brady, if they score on that play and the rally continues, there still would have been one out in the inning, and Winston ended up at second base with the throw to the, to the mm. plate. Who knows? Who knows? But that out at the plate again, like... And it wasn't close. It gave Owasso a jolt again. Yes. Because they come up now in the bottom of the fourth and immediately go to work with one out. Ginger singled. Hemaker singled. Rainey singles in a run to make it 5-3. to three, And then Ireland herself doubles home two runs to tie the score. Um... And then she ends up at third on a wild pitch because that was just kind of the inning that was happening to Marysville all of a sudden. Um, at this point, Ryan Ratchie decided to play the infield back. I agreed at this moment. The yes. out was more important than the run in the fourth inning of the game, especially the way they'd been hitting the ball in the previous two innings. They'd scored five runs off the pitcher. So he probably felt like, okay, we figured the pitcher out. We're going to score again. Let's get an out and try to stop the inning mm-hmm. that's already kind of out of control. And they got the ground ball that scored the go-ahead run and, and made it 6-5. to five. But unfortunately for Marysville, even though they had base runners in every inning the rest of the way, they got two on in the fifth and didn't score. They got the leadoff hitter on in the sixth and didn't score. And they got the first two hitters on in the seventh and didn't score again. And they just couldn't get – the big shutdown inning against Owasso uh, because they scored two runs in the fifth, um, an RBI single by Summers, and then as she was taking second on a play at the plate, the ball got away from Anna Ohl, so she chucked it out in well, center that, field. Well, the ball I was going before that the ball should have never been thrown to home. They tried to gun down a girl that you could have had Aaron Judge throwing the ball from left field, and she still would have been safe. They started to press a little bit, and that's something they had not done all year, trying to make plays that weren't there. And, yeah, so Anna Oles has to try to make a throw into center field, and I think it would, the ball was wet and it just yeah. sailed on her. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and that happens, but th- those were two big runs. It ended up, you know, like the Little League part, uh, little, little League inside the park home run. Uh, but it was just a single and, a, and an error. But now it's 8-5. It's to five. Um, and the other thing, uh, Owasso helped them out a little bit in the, the sixth because in the sixth they got single, strikeout, single for the three hitters in that inning, and they didn't get a run because uh, a base runner tried to uh, take uh, third and Perrin threw her out, uh, and another base runner tried to steal and Oles threw her out by yeah. 15 feet. Yeah. And it, and it was like, well, okay, I, I get it. You're up and you want to stay aggressive. But that was a little too much <laughs> right there. And it gave Marysville a chance. West Miller led off with a single in the seventh. Smith singled her over to third. So you had first and third in an 8-5 game, and you had Kane, Perrin, and Walters coming up. You kind of felt like Marysville might do something. But Ireland's good, and she got a pop-up strikeout pop-up to get out of the jam. Uh, and Owasso got their first ever state championship. Joanna Smith, 38 years at Owasso. That was her 808th career win and their first state title. They've only had two coaches in the history of their program. Yeah, and it was it was a great season for Marysville. I mean, 
I don't think we ever we thought they were really good, but we never knew what was kind of out there for Marysville, and they just kept taking care of business. And I mean, yeah, you, you'd love to bring home the, the the state championship, but there's nothing to be ashamed of with this run. A bunch of girls that no one's really given a second thought to outside of St. Clair County, and you go on and you just kind of stomp your way through the playoffs and. I mean, they play Owasso again, they probably win. Like, yeah, if like these, that was if a these 50, two teams 50. played ten times, they each win five games. Yeah. it's It just depends. Who knows? Maybe if it wasn't raining, maybe it's a little different outcome. But you played the game. Owasso won. Still one of the best softball teams and softball seasons in the history of Marysville High School. And, and a very exciting game to watch. And they, they left it on the field. They did. That's, uh, you know. I get it. It, it. it sucks that you didn't get the win. But you know what? They were terrific, and they lose three big names off this team, but they still have a lot And they're going to get back. better. They have a lot coming back. Yes, they do. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but they'll be tough in the blue again, so they want a MAC blue title. Uh, district champs, regional champs, and runner-up runner in the, the state finals so they've done something only three other teams from that school has ever done in the almost 50 years now of softball state tournaments yeah they played four ranked teams on the playoff run and beat three of them and had a chance to beat four i mean again you can sit the one thing i don't want to do is you can sit there and play the what if game with the state championship oh what if they don't send the runner what if this happens what if a ball is two inches to the left it's 5 nothing Owasso. You can play it both ways. Yeah. Don't get hung up on that. Again, disappointing. Take the time to reflect a little bit, although Coach Rathje could not do that because <laughs> yesterday he was leaving for basketball team camp. And that's probably good. Have something to do right away. To Yeah, but it's unbelievable season. We'll have – him on. We'll try to get as many coaches as we can on. And I know some of the, the players that don't play basketball, they already had tournaments oh, yeah. to go. I talked to, to one of uh, the girls. It was Emma Curtis yeah. uh, afterwards. And she's like, oh, we're going from here to Concordia because we've got a tournament that starts yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, well, no rest. No rest. So anyway, this segment's gone incredibly long. You're all right. So let's uh, – Take a second, we'll come back, and we'll talk about Mooney season. Ended in the same uh, disappointing fashion, but still the best season Cardinal Mooney's ever had, and that's a really talented team. And I have a feeling they're going to they're gonna make McLean Stadium a familiar spot. Yeah. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. 
Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. When today is unpredictable, staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever. Count on your Ameriprise advisor for personalized, goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's Sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N-C-A-R-C-O.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. 
All right, welcome back. Dennis Ducky, Brady uh, Beaton. There were baseball games going on uh, as well, and uh, um, Marlette and uh, Cardinal Mooney got there. Marlette got beaten Yeah, Marlette was down 7 nothing, and that actually did affect uh, what we'll talk about later because Hackett did this. We had talked about it on the show. They went up 7 nothing in the first, and after one batter in the second inning, they pulled their pitcher, who I assume was their ace. So, we'll get back to that. But Mooney played Maple City, Glen Lake, and, well, straight up, Mooney was head and shoulders better than Maple City, Glen Lake. Tommy Gill was on the bump. Dennis, through the first three innings, he made them look like little league batters at Glen Lake. Tommy Gill was carving up Glen Lake. First 10 batters he faced. Strikeout, reached on an error, fielder's choice, strikeout, ground out, ground out, fly out, ground out, strikeout, ground out, and then strikeout, error, and then the first hit of the game. But those ground outs weren't hard hit. The fly balls were lazy. And Tommy Gill was just carving them up. So the, the pitching was there to start. In the, uh, in the second inning, Julio walked, and then IADC, bang, double in. I said it multiple times on the broadcast. Glenn Lake was playing shallow in the outfield. I don't know if it's the way they've played all year, if the big outfield kind of threw off their perception and they didn't think they were that deep, but they were playing shallow, and it hurt them multiple times. Uh, Ty Bodecker would then drive in the first run, RBI single from Trent Rice, two batters later, two RBI double from Blake Lutzke. It's 4 nothing after two. After three, Luke Julio leads off with a double, single from Tom Rice, walk from Bo Decker, DiGiuseppe walks in a run, Rice walks in a run, then Lutzke hits a sack fly for his third RBI of the day. Uh, Glenn Lake would finally get to Cardinal Mooney in the fifth inning when they scored two runs, and Tommy Gill started to look fallible and human. Um, gave up three hits, including a uh, two RBI or an RBI double along with an RBI ground out. And that just pissed Mooney off because it was 7-2 to two going into the bottom of the fifth. Triple for Trent Rice, who he might be the fastest player in the area. If I had to guess right now, and again, I don't know everyone, so forgive me if I miss someone. But from what I've seen, it's either Trent Rice or Amari Holler as the fastest baseball players in the area. They take away the entire outfield. Um, so Trent Rice uh, triples. RBI single from Lutzke, RBI double from Rocco Camito, walk from Trombley, walk from Julio, Iadisi walks. Then Tom Rice hits into a 7-2 double play. That's just because, well, he got the Julio got thrown out at home. Mike Rice was trying. He's like, okay, we need to get to a state championship game. We need to win uh, or win as quickly as possible. And then DiGiuseppe got the game-winning RBI hit. So took it away from Tom, Tom Rice and get, got it to G, Di Giuseppe on a bang-bang play. They win 12-2. to two, Had no problem with Maple City Glen Lake. Continued their trend in the playoffs. Then Kalamazoo Hackett showed up, and I think Mooney got a little stunned. So I mentioned before how they pulled against the, the – um, First, their first pitcher against Marlette, right? So he was eligible to pitch against Mooney the next day. And he started. Goes against uh, top of the order, strikeout, ground out, error, strikeout. Mooney's not swinging the bat well against him early. 
in the bottom of the first, they get to a guy in Blake Lutsky who has been absolutely dominating all season. Scored two runs, and I think Mooney got a little – was on their heels and a little shocked. They, they hadn't been in a position like that all postseason long. It had been since the Catholic League championships that they were in any sort of position like that. And I think it kind of took them a minute to recalibrate because then the next inning, 3-1, to one, Hackett adds on another one. They chased Blake Lutsky from the game uh, just an inning later, but Mooney would get a run. It, they kind of manufactured it. They didn't even get a hit. It was an error, then a fielder's choice. Trent Rice stole a base because, of course, he did. He steal, <laughs> Just every time he gets on, you might as well just get him over to second. Uh, and then uh, Lutsky grounded him in on a 6-3 to three ground out. So it's 3-1, to one, and you're like, okay. Mooney got one back. I said it in about the Richmond semifinal game, the settle down run. Well, this is where I think it broke Mooney's back because I think they thought the same thing. Okay, got one back, three to one. Let's get through this inning. We'll come back to work and we'll keep chipping away at it. Uh, yeah, that, that did not happen as coming out. Um, Hackett was just still attacking. Single. Hit by pitch, single, sack fly RBI, hit by pitch, walked in a run, sack fly RBI, strikeout. It's now 7-1, to one, and Mooney just didn't recover. I think they were a team that had been so dominant all year, and that's the one negative to being absolutely dominant through the postseason is when you do have to fight back, you're a little shocked, shell-shocked. Well, I mean, again, just listening – to, you know, hit by pitch, walk. Uh, the command wasn't there. You're, you're Mooney pitching, hit four, walked three. You're, you're beating yourself mm-hmm. at that point. You're helping the other team out and just giving them free runs. And, and a good team, and Hackett's a good team, is, is going to take advantage of that, just like Mooney would take advantage of it when teams did it against them. Yeah, they never really got settled in. They were jumped on from the beginning, and when you thought they finally start to go, okay, this is what we got. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get in. We're gonna do what we do, and and go on the offensive. Boom, hack it, hit back, and I think they were just, and you could tell they were they were not used to it. They you, you they're visibly frustrated at times with various things, and uh, it, it was a tough game for Mooney, but it, it shouldn't leave a bad taste in anyone's mouth. Just like I said about Marysville. They're a really good team, and they're a really, really young team. I believe the only ones they lose are Super, Gill, and Camito, who are all really good players, don't get me wrong, but they're going to keep a lot of talented players, and they're going to get another year older. Mooney should not – if you're a Mooney fan, I don't, think, I don't think it's unreasonable to think we can make it back there next year yeah, and, you, and you expect still have, to. You still have three or four top-notch pitchers, maybe so, more. So you, you go through, uh, I, again, if I'm right, DiGiuseppe's still there, Rice is still there, Lutsky's still there, Camito leaves, Trombley, Julio, Iadisi, Rice, Bodecker, and you lose two good, really good pitchers in Super and uh, Gill. Yeah. I'm not sure if DiGiuseppe's back. I don't know either. But I have to, I know I'm almost positive they only had three seniors. I'd have to double check who they were. But um, Mooney's really talented. They are very well coached, and 
they came up a game short. They, I'm sure that if that was their worst game they could have played, and they would love to have it back. And But, hey, you get one game, you got jumped on. I'm sure Lenaway Christian, who, you know, Coach Rice kept telling us, good team, good team, would love to have that game back. But you only get one chance. But history was made at Mooney this year with a run to the Final Four. They hadn't done that before. They, had, they were 0-2 in quarterfinal games before that point. So to make it to a state championship first time, well, you're, you're paving a pathway for a program that when Coach Rice took over had like nine kids on the team. Yeah, I was going to say it's not all that long ago that like Mooney was playing eight-man football. Like the, there, there was like, is that school even going to be there in a few years, or are they going to even have sports? Yeah, because when I was talking to Brandon Folsom uh, just in, before a game, uh, the whatever game was going on before us, I was like, even when I was in school, and maybe I was just a kid that didn't know any better, but Mooney was just like, oh yeah, that weird school somewhere in marine city um yeah the, the I, I couldn't name i know they had a good they had one run in boys basketball and they had a run in girls basketball but we we never played them i couldn't name you an athlete from there what what's cardinal mooney and this year and recently they're really starting to appear and become a dominant d4 power if they can keep this up yeah. Which they're doing it with young guys and coaches that I don't think are heading anywhere. Yeah, uh, and, and have a lot left, I think, too. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, we'll take a break because we probably have something left, too. At least we've got another segment scheduled, so we'll be back with that in a moment. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, Give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. 
Michaels, your dealer for the people. Dennis, what are you doing? I'm trying to do a commercial for Michaels Car Center, but there's so much they do. Like what? Well, they do sales, service, and rentals. They have a body shop. They buy used vehicles. They'll beat or match any deal. Plus, there's guaranteed credit approval. Wow, I knew Michaels Car Center has been the area's hometown dealer for 35 years, but with all that, Michaels really is your dealer for the people. Michaels Car Center, 4371 24th Avenue, Fort Grant. Open 8 to 6 weekdays, 9 to 3 on Saturdays. Michaels, your dealer for the people. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-988. Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our game. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. So we, we get uh, four teams to finals weekend. Three teams get to play in championship games. And, and, and we were debating, like, there was this, a 50-50 chance to get uh, four winners and a 50-50 chance to get no winners at all we ended up getting one and in all honesty I thought we would get at least two but we ended up getting one again you get to that point you're playing one of the best teams in the state you can't really get upset when like yes we were hoping and we we very well if you you play the weekend over like you said we could have four well uh, good I know um Richmond would have loved to at least play for a baseball state championship. But one thing real quick, and I know I'll get you going on this and we don't have a ton of time left, but (laughs) um, before the Mooney game, I saw Orchard Lake St. Mary's win a state title. 
And I, and oh, I just, yeah. And we I just, talked about this in the Tiger game, too, yesterday. And I just kind of went, okay, congrats. Like, you're a, you're a state of Michigan all-star team. It's one thing when those schools, and I get it, you don't have – a lot of them don't have the pipeline coming in. They don't have a middle school to come from. But when they come from, like, okay, if Orchard Lake St. Mary's or, or Brother Rice had kids coming from Birmingham – Bloomfield Hills, things like that. But when I see former Hudsonville players starting for Orchard Lake St. Mary's, no, sorry, don't care. You're a state of Michigan all-star team that just beat a bunch of high schools. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah, you did what well, you were supposed well, they to. Were, they were bragging it up, but I don't want to take anything away from Dan Petrie's son, or, and certainly if my kid's pitching coach for Dan Petrie, I'd be like ecstatic yeah. about that, and I don't want to take anything away from the kids. No, either. because it's not their fault. But yeah, but the 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 simple matter of how this team gets formed and how other teams get formed, and that's why you see when Marysville gets to a final, when Richmond gets to a final. Even Cardinal Mooney, who, yes, technically they can recruit their players. But most of their kids, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Macomb. I'm from New Baltimore. Yeah. They're from the general area, which. You don't have kids from Chicago coming Yeah, they're not going, oh, you don't have Mike Rice coming up to you going, oh, hey, we're getting this kid up from Gaylord. Oh, he's going to be a stud. Like, they're still. And the Rice family. So all I'm saying is. Those families have gone through Cardinal Mooney before. Is let's send the Petries to KPAC, and if they win a state championship there, I'm impressed. Yeah. But if you're winning them at Orchard St. Mary's and and at schools like, like that, and they talk about these coaches and how great they are, well, maybe they are. Or maybe they just get the best players and they've got an all-star team all the time. Yeah. No, it, and that's why when you do get things like you said, and even Owasso, that I'm, I don't know, but the way it seemed, it seemed like that was a homegrown team, and that's why the, the city went absolutely bonkers for it. Walt Braun getting all those wins in football is more impressive to me because of where he did it at as opposed to if he were coaching at Brother Rice. Yeah, who was the – wouldn't be as Francesa or whatever yeah. was his name at Brother Rice. Like, oh. Sure, he's a great coach. He'll forget more about football than I'll ever learn about the sport. But come on. Yeah. Again. Hand the ball off to the stud that we got from someplace that isn't around here and let him run through Again, everybody. Again, go back. He's, he's going to be going to, the, to, to the, Michigan. To the comment made after the port here on high D LaSalle football game. Their coach comes up to Coach Mullins and goes, you got a lot of good players. Where'd you get them from? Well, we got him from 16th Street, and you got him from yeah. you got him from Lapeer. And where did they get that coach from? Grand Rapids. Yeah, they got that coach from Grand Rapids. Come over to coach at Warren De La Salle. Yeah. So if you drove by De La Salle High School, you wouldn't even know it was a high school. Hmm. No. So again, though, when again, if it's all kids from like. The area, that's one thing. Like, again, Brother Rice gets kids from Birmingham, Novi. Yeah. If all your kids on your roster are from Orchard Lake, but you go down the roster wondering if you're going to find a kid from Orchard Lake yeah. on their roster. It's, it's, it is something, and it's going to be an issue that's going to be forever be debated. 
and that's well, nothing's ever going to change. And congratulations to those kids because, yes. hey, I'm I'm not going to complain or, or or say that they they didn't deserve their victory because they're good, mm-hmm. and they deserve what well, they get. You're going to have a kid the, picked they, in an MLB yeah. draft, like the top ten next year. Yeah, he's a junior. He's committed to Clemson. He probably won't even go there because he'll get a million dollar signing bonus. You have what? I think they said they had like tw- their entire starting nine is committed not only to a college but to Division One sc- schools. Yeah. So they're really good, but don't tap those guys on. And, and I like. Dan Petrie, and Dan Petrie certainly has raised two good sons. One's in the NHL. Yeah. The other is winning championships at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. And I guess if I were there, that's what I'd be doing. And if you were there, that's what you'd be doing. But I'd be very humble about it if it were me. My Yeah, when I saw them win. Because of I would know going in, hey, I have a decided advantage over everybody else. Yeah. My thought was when they won, I go, yeah, okay. Like yes, you did what you were supposed to. My thought to do. was nine nothing. They couldn't win by more. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, and that's why. And Stevensville Lakeshore was playing with them for three innings, and yeah, it's anyway. I don't want to go any longer than we have because it's been a really long podcast. Congratulations to all four teams that made it to the state semifinals and finals. Uh, I know if you're not Richmond softball, you're disappointed with how the season ended, but you made the area proud. It was a lot of fun to cover, and, well, I guess in the next few shows, we're going to be kind of doing going back and a retrospective, I guess, on our first year because do you want to give the final number of how many games we did? We did 241 games this high school year. And that was basically with a three-month span of one game. Yeah, well, well, with the COVID, we lost three weeks of high school football regular season. There were delays to basketball, and we lost part of the basketball season. I think softball and baseball were the only ones that played complete seasons from what, basically, of the sports we cover. From basically Halloween to February, we had one football game. So Yeah, but from the start of boys and girls basketball season and hockey season – to the end of baseball and softball, we were lucky to get one day off a week. <laughs> and there were a couple of days we could have worked Sunday. And we were like, no. we were like, uh-uh. Well, we uh, again, work. just before the postseason started, we we could have done a tournament. We we discussed doing a tournament, and then at the last second, we're like, no, let's let's take a one weekend off this season uh, and and be ready to go when the postseason starts because that's going to happen. With a lot of games. Uh, and we knew we had some good teams. So, And, and Brady, I'm counting them up. In the regular season, <laughs> I saw Marysville score 92 runs, 49 of them after two outs. Really? Yes. So we'll have to see what. And I haven't done the postseason yet. I haven't had time, and, and we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. But but I, I'm going to start Wednesday's show with the final number. But just know that it, I'm over half the close. runs right now with 49 out of 92 coming after two or out. And if you're curious, you're going, what the hell are you guys going to do in the summer? A lot of interviews. We're going to get on our, in our Rolodex and bring in a lot of interesting people. With some returns, there's a lot of new people we want to bring in. Um, probably the next 
couple weeks, we'll have some fun top 10 shows, best games, best performances, things like that. Yeah, get ready. Brady loves his top 10 shows. He'll probably have me do 14 drafts. I'm not going to do any more drafts in in the summer. (laughs) You drafted out? Yeah, well, we just have a lot of stuff to go through, and we were talking about it the one time back from Michigan State of just all the really good, really weird stuff we've seen, and 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 it's – interesting to put going to be able to put it all together we have seen weird things this year yeah but that's a story for another day yeah all right uh so yeah 49 out of 92 and i'm still counting here yeah from port huron to marysville and st Clair to marine city the blue water area is stuck on sports